Welcome to TNS, the new school at Commonweal, a collaborative learning project exploring nature, culture, and consciousness. Join us now for a co-presentation with Cancer Choices with Michael Lerner, Mickey Scheidel, Laura Pohl, and Nancy Hepp. You can follow along at cancerchoices.org. I just want to welcome you all, and we're just um, thrilled that you're here today because uh, we are leading this walkthrough of the new Cancer Choices website. And I'm doing this with my colleagues, Nancy Hepp, who is the program manager and lead researcher for Cancer Choices, Mickey Scheidel, who is the creative director, and Laura Pohl, who is uh, oncology clinical nurse specialist and our senior clinical consultant. You know, Cancer Choices has been almost three years in the making, and we've put over 20,000 hours into this site. But if you uh, include its predecessor, Beyond Conventional Cancer Therapies, uh, we have six years and over 40,000 hours into the site. And that really doesn't count uh, 40 years of research and 36 years of 214 week-long cancer health programs, which uh, uh, all were based on my MIT press book, Choices in Healing, Integrating the Best of Conventional and Complementary Approaches to Cancer uh, 25 years ago. We authentically believe that Cancer Choices is the best integrative cancer website on the web right now. And our goal is that integrative cancer care be the standard of care in cancer and available to all. Our belief is that integrative care improves quality of life, that it may prevent recurrence, and may also sometimes extend life. Our commitment is to objective, science-based evaluation of therapies and care, and our strong support for the best of conventional care, self-care, and complementary care integrated is what we mean. So it's the integration of conventional care, self-care, and complementary care. Finally, our deep belief is that the starting place for your choices is really what matters to you at this point in your life. And that without some clarity about what matters, uh, it's really hard to make choices because these choices so depend on what your goals and aims are. Our strong counsel is to start with the best conventional care options and then add self-care and complementary care. So with that, I am turning uh, the uh, microphone and video over to Nancy Hepp to begin our presentation. Nancy. Thank you. I am sharing my screen now so people can see the site. And I remind you, this is a walkthrough. This is not the marathon, which we could do. There's a great deal of information on this site. And we're just going to browse through the site and become familiar with it but uh, there will be many layers deeper that we're, we're not able to cover fully. So when you come to our homepage, we want a feeling of spaciousness, of being able to breathe. We're not throwing as much information at you as we possibly can in the first uh, instance. So we want you to feel that you can breathe and let go and just work your way through what we have to offer. So first, we welcome you. 
And Michael encapsulates what it is that we're trying to do. You want to know your options for cancer treatment. You want to know what works. And we're here to help you. As you work your way through the site, you might not be familiar with what integrative cancer care is. And so we give you an entry into that right away. Uh, it's a combination of conventional care, complementary care, and self-care. We have four different ways of interacting with the information on this site. And I'm going to make an analogy to cooking. Suppose you wanted to uh, start cooking for the first time in your life. There are different ways to go about that. The first way would be, tell me everything I need to know. Tell me what equipment I need. Tell me the best cookbooks. Tell me which cooking schools will help me find the kind of cooking that I want to do. And that's one way. It's, it's the whole, give me the whole enchilada, literally. A second way would be, you know, that, that information is good, but right now, I need to focus on what I need to cook today. Just give me the recipes I need for right now, because that's all I have the cap capability or the interest in right now. A third way would be give me the ingredients and the tools and maybe a few cookbooks and I'll figure out for myself what I want to do. That's a valid way of approaching cooking and cancer care. And the fourth way is give me a person. Let me watch videos of how people cook. Give me a, a class with an, a renowned chef or just hook me up with someone in my neighborhood who's a pretty good cook and can lead me through all of this. So these are four different ways of getting started with the information. These ways map exactly onto the navigation at the top. The your choices is give me the whole picture of what I want to do and help me understand how the pieces fit together. Mickey Scheidel will be walking you through this section in a little more depth in a few minutes. The second approach, give me just what I need right now. And Laura Pohl will lead us through that in a bit. The third approach is give me the ingredients, the therapies, and maybe some guidance, and I will craft my own uh, recipes, my own approach, and I will lead you through our therapies and handbooks. And the fourth approach is give me a person. Help me understand the, the human connection here, and Laura Cole will lead you through that again. We also have entryways for people who are health professionals or caregivers for people with cancer. Caregivers may be looking for the same kinds of information as someone with cancer, but then there's a separate layer of caring for yourself as a caregiver and understanding the dynamic and how cancer has changed your life and your entire family or friendship relationship in addition to just the cancer, the, the person with cancer. Beyond that, we explain to you how it is that we are working to earn your trust. Uh, we are very transparent with all of our information, our sourcing, where we get everything, 
And you can go straight to the source most of the time. Uh, we are uh, respected and trusted by leading people in integrative oncology, and we're proud of that. Uh, so we're, we're very upfront with what it is that we're offering and why you, we hope, will be able to come to trust us. We highlight what it is that's new, whether it's our webinars, webinars from our partners, or new content that we've just put on the site. We have some testimonials from people who are quite prominent in integrative oncology and integrative medicine. And you can scroll through some of those uh, quotations and testimonials. And if you get to this point and you're still not sure where you want to go and where to begin, we have a list of top questions that people coming to a site like this would want answers to, and you can just hop directly to any of these questions. At the top of each page is also a need help button that pulls out a drawer, which again has these same top questions. You can request a volunteer who will either take you by the hand through the site or just perhaps hold your hand and listen to you as, as you explore what it is that you're doing. And you can identify and find starting points um, also along here. On a mobile phone, excuse me while I get to close this. On a mobile phone, things look a little different. And so I'm going to switch to how this will look there. And um, the, the top menu and the need help button and the search function are all as is on most uh, phones hidden within the menu. Uh, that's my walk through the, um, the website homepage. And now I'll hand it off to Mickey, who will lead you through the Your Choices section. Thank you, Nancy, for that great overview. And so um, I'd like to introduce you to the, and the Your Choices section and give you a brief overview. Um, you know, to frame each, um, to frame this entire section, uh, we have Michael Lerner, who has written letters um, uh, with the reader in mind. Um, he brings in, you know, his many years of experience and his, his um, heart into these letters, um, and they, they really frame the section and um, they bring in his spirit into it. And so this overview page um, kind of provides a, a broader overview, and then um, you can start with choices in healing, which you can also find in the first dropdown. And Choices in Healing is really a foundational piece uh, for the website, um, and um, it covers the, the meaning of healing and the, you know, how it's different from curing um, and how it's multidimensional. You can heal the body, heal the heart, the mind, discover spirit. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we, find, we believe it's a foundational piece. And then we can move into what is integrative cancer care. And this is a, a broader overview. Um, you know, we say that it confines conventional self-care and complementary care, puts you the person with cancer at the center, and it's grounded in evidence. 
and best practices in patient care. And it's anchored in health and healing, focus, focus where possible, enhancing your, your, own, um, your own healing. And so, um, and then we also provide an overview of the medical benefits. So an integrative approach can, uh, you know, treat the cancer, optimize your body terrain to make your body less hospitable to cancer, uh, manage side effects and promote your wellness, as well as reduce cancer risk, um, as including the risk of recurrence. Other benefits include healing and grounded hope. Um, we have a handbook that includes when conventional treatments are not an option, which is the case for some people, and um, which provides a lot of depth there too. And then we we can we move into the choices in conventional care. Starting out with a letter from Michael, which really offers an overview of you know of our nuanced view of of conventional care. Um, you know, we believe that it's fundamental. Uh, we worry when someone with cancer that is curable uh, decides to do co complementary therapies alone. Um, yet we understand that conventional therapies have limits, um, and that uh, it's really critical to you know examine it um, and do your own research and uh, and you know take the time that you need to to really find the right therapies and um, your practitioners and um, approach as it relates to it. Um, we provide an overview of what exactly conventional care is, as well as, um, you know, specialized professionals in conventional care that you may not know about um, that you can take advantage of. Um, and our scope includes um, a, a deep document on making skillful decisions about cancer treatment, um, surgery, an integrative approach on surgery, as well as palliative care. Um, and we plan to make other handbooks uh, related to integrative approaches to uh, chemotherapy and radiation. Um, and then we offer you resources um, that we trust and respect um, so that you can, you know, dig more deeply into, you know, different treatments. Um, we go much more in depth in choices in self-care, uh, which uh, includes self-directed habits or practices you can undertake alone or with people in your community. Um, it's typically inexpensive and often doesn't require a, a health professional. And so these are things that you can do um, on your own, and the core of our um, of self-care is in the seven healing practices, which includes eating well, moving more, managing stress, sleeping well, creating a healing environment, and sharing love and support. And the core of that is, um, you know, exploring what matters now, exploring, um, just figuring out what your own values are and, and what your own priorities are as it relates to um, your own needs. And uh, I'd like to walk more deeply into eating well to, you know, just share with you just the depths of um, these handbooks. And so uh, we have an at-a-glance section so that you can peruse it um, and really get the, the core, the crux of it, um, you know, if you want to just kind of walk through each 
each one. Um, but if you want to dig deeper, and if you're ready to dig dig, dig deeper, you can explore the, um, whether or not this matters to you right now, whether or not this is a priority for you, um, expert recommendations, uh, what the research says and how it can help you. And here, I just want to share, uh, you know, so for example, we go into the details on treating cancer um, and it offers uh, a quick overview of um, what the depth of evidence as it relates to that. And then if you open this up, um, you can go directly to um, the research studies that leads us to, to these conclusions. And then also um, in each of these, so for example, for eating well, you can go into which foods to eat and what to avoid, um, making changes to your diet and how to make changes. We offer many resources here, as well as resources for health professionals. And then we also cover um, some healthy habits, four healthy habits. And then um, I will move on to choices in complementary care. Um, it, these go beyond self-care and they can include herbs and supplements, repurposed drugs, mind-body approaches, and many other kinds of therapies. Provides an overview of the complementary care and how they're used in cancer care. They can, for treating cancer, again, optimizing body terrain and more. Um, and then we also cover how, you know, recent constraints in complementary cancer care and how a lack of evidence is not the same as evidence that a therapy doesn't provide any medical benefit, that um, there are, um, you know, monetary constraints, you know, if, if uh, complementary care does, uh, therapy does not, um, you know, offer a lot of financial reward, then there's not as much incentive to research it. And so there's less research there, but we have um, compiled all the research that is available for this so that you can, um, you know, gain an understanding there and, and make as informed a decision as you can, as you can. And then we also emphasize that the importance of working with someone who can guide you um, as there are many interactions with complementary therapies, um, you know, we just feel that it's, it's important to, to work with people who can, who can guide you. And we have resources on finding integrative oncologists and other professionals to help guide you. And so then we can move on to how, to, how to integrate your choices. And this is really, um, the practical dimensions as it relates to how to make this work for you. And that includes this resource on finding integrative oncologists and other professionals, um, includes a handbook on making skillful decisions about your cancer treatments, um, where you can find integrative uh, medicine at NCI centers, um, integrative oncology programs, and expert guidelines, and more. So we have a tremendous amount of resources here for you to explore. Thank you. And now I'll pass it on to Laura. Yes, here I am. Hi there, everybody. I'm coming to you from the mountains of Virginia. And I am really honored to be here and with this wonderful team I've worked with. And I can't tell you, it's really a joy for me to see six years down the road how we have evolved from an idea in 2016 to now cancer choices and all the time and research we put into it. So what I'd like to do now is share my screen 
and take you through a section called guidance for each phase. So right now I'm on the home page and you would come to this section here for guidance for each phase. And what these pages do is meet you where you are in your phase of the cancer experience. And we offer general information and guidance based on what are the common tasks and issues and decisions during a certain phase of cancer. We suggest what sections of cancer choices are right for you now in your exploration of integrative cancer care. And our goal in this section is to be a guide by your side. So you can come to this homepage and you may see um, right here from the drop down menu exactly where you want to go, exactly what phase you're in, and get information. So we cover um, guidance at if you want to reduce your cancer risk, for instance, you may be at higher risk for cancer, or maybe you're exploring this for a family member uh, because um, they may be at higher risk for cancer. Or you may have just been diagnosed with cancer and you're uh, making treatment decisions, or you've made treatment decisions and now you want to prepare for cancer treatment. This is a step that we feel like we add a lot of value to because often people um, don't realize that there's so much that can be done from an integrative cancer care standpoint to take you from making that treatment decision to having you prepared for your cancer treatment. We, um, if you are in cancer treatment, we provide guidance uh, of what might be useful in cancer choices during that phase. Uh, if you're in remission, uh, and particularly in this phase, we talk about uh, the self-care practices and other things you can do to maintain remission, to make your body less hospitable to cancer. Perhaps you're having a recurrence or perhaps you or someone you love is facing the end of life. Now, I want to come to this in crisis section. Well, actually, let me come to the introduction. So on the introductory phase, um, I've written a letter um, talking in general about um, meeting you where you are in your phase of the cancer uh, journey. Um, many people might find themselves in a crisis no matter what phase they are in in the cancer experience. The crisis may have something to do with the cancer or the treatment, or it may not, uh, but is impacting your experience of cancer. And we strongly urge people to, if they are in a crisis, if they are in distress, if they are experiencing symptoms that they are not able to manage, that it's important to manage that now, um, and it may help you with getting through what you have to do, the decisions you have to make. So we will often refer you back to this page if you are in a crisis. So I'll just sort of scroll through here. Again, we have these letters to set the stage. Uh, we talk a little bit about the shock people might go through after they have a cancer diagnosis, the importance of managing symptoms. Um, you may have uh, discovered you have cancer because you had a symptom such as pain that brought you to the doctor. 
and it's so difficult to concentrate and do what you have to do if you are putting all your energy on your distress, on your unmanaged symptoms. So we provide resources for that. Maybe the crisis is that uh, you don't know how you're going to access the care. Um, we talk a little bit about distress and how do you know if you're in distress and how you describe this to your oncology team and asking for help. And we um, give you some advice on what to do before making cancer treatment decisions with regard to your frame of mind and being comfortable and, um, and coping with that crisis. So I'm going to just give an example of one um, uh, handbook on guidance. Um, and I'll, I'll go here to the cancer diagnosis and treatment. Again, we start with a letter to set the stage. Oftentimes these letters suggest ways you can center yourself. And as I mentioned earlier, we advise people first, take care of those difficult emotions, symptoms, and physical distress. And if someone clicks here, we'll take them to that in a crisis page. Mickey mentioned the healing practice of how you take care of yourself by getting clear on what matters now. And we suggest that wherever you are, you stop and you think about where am I now and what is important now. And so we suggest that as you are walking through your cancer diagnosis and treatment decisions, getting clear on that. Um, we take you to a document that um, Mickey mentioned, this making skillful decisions about cancer treatment. I navigate a lot of people with cancer um, at different phases of their experience. And if they have been newly diagnosed or maybe um, have a recurrence, I often send them to this uh, page right here. Uh, they may have uh, an appointment with an oncologist they've never met before. What kinds of questions do I ask them? So I really, really think this document, this handbook is very helpful. Um, again, we take you back to what your choices are. As you can see, we offer people many, many ways to get into these uh, sections of cancer choices, but we believe these are important sections to explore when you are um, being diagnosed and considering your treatment. We think it's very important to learn about your cancer and the recommended treatment. And there are many organizations that have done a good job of explaining about cancer and cancer treatment. So we send you to those resources. And we've listed ones that we feel are useful here. As you create a personal treatment plan with your healthcare team, hopefully, um, and that you don't feel like you have to do that alone, we talk about how you can find an integrative oncologist and other professionals who can help you create an integrative approach to your care. Uh, we look at help with practical matters, like where do I go to get this treatment? How can I find care that's affordable and accessible? We think at this phase of a person's experience, they might want a little more guidance from an advocate or a navigator. So we provide a jumping off point to explore more about that. 
You're listening to a TNS conversation with Michael Lerner, Mickey Scheidel, Laura Pohl, and Nancy Hepp. And then in this um, uh, handbook, we do talk about something Mickey mentioned, um, and that is um, our caution, of the risk of relying solely on alternative cancer therapies. So that means therapies used in place of conventional treatment. Um, that's different from using a therapy as a complement to your conventional treatment. So if a cancer is curable or stands a good chance of responding to conventional treatment, if you start with alternative cancer therapies and delay starting that conventional treatment at a time when it's most likely to be effective, that could be a serious delay and result in harm to you. So you might want to explore a little bit more about that. And as Mickey mentioned, for some people, conventional treatments aren't an option for whatever reason. And if that's the case, we suggest people explore this uh, document. And we provide resources on this page. So that's a typical example of guidance at a particular phase of cancer. Um, I will share my screen again, and we will move into the next section. Um, as, as I think has become very clear, there's a lot here and uh, a lot to explore. The therapies and handbooks section of the site is the information center, the clearinghouse of all the information that's available for people. And it's based mostly on our reviews of therapies and our reviews of the seven healing practices. So the complementary therapies are all collected here. You can search uh, using the options on the left, or you can just browse through. They're organized by the different types of therapies. So natural products and herbs and supplements at the top, mind-body approaches, manipulative and body-based approaches, and so on down the line. We have rated 29 of the 61 therapies that are listed here. And when we do that, you can see that we don't rate something on a single dimension. We rate it on seven different dimensions because we don't feel like a single number would adequately portray how this therapy has benefits or risks. So I've pointed to a stragglers here, you can see, we rated on how well does it actually treat the cancer? Does it, uh, is it associated with improved survival, lower metastasis, lower tumor markers, more effective response to conventional treatments and such? But we also rated on how does it optimize your body terrain, your internal health and resilience and well being that either supports cancer growth or does not support cancer growth. Some um, therapies such as astragalus are do very well at managing side effects and promoting wellness, even if they don't especially uh, treat the cancer or reduce your cancer risk, but they can be very effective for helping you manage side effects and promoting your general wellness. Managing side effects can be a huge boost, not only in making you feel better, but in allowing you to complete 
a difficult cancer treatment such as chemotherapy. Um, if you can reduce the fatigue or the nausea and vomiting or the neuropathy or whatever it is that might make you think, I, I can't do this anymore. If you can get ahead of those and finish your treatment, your outcomes will likely be better. We evaluate therapies on how well, how much they are used by integrative oncology experts. Sometimes if the research base isn't very broad for the reasons we explored a little bit ago, uh, maybe just knowing how other integrative oncology experts are using this can be very informative. We rate therapies on their safety. Safety is sometimes an issue, and so you will need to balance the uh, relative benefits you might get compared to any cautions or concerns. And we rate things on how affordable are they and how easy to access. Do you need a prescription? Do you need to travel to a foreign country to be able to get this? Is it uh, restricted by law? Um, so we, we give you the, the highlights of those. Now, I said that we have rated 29 of these. The other ones that are up, we haven't yet rated them because we are still doing our research on this. We only can rate things once we've done all of our research. Um, the ratings are all based on evidence. So as I go to um, melatonin, for example, you can see in our at a glance, which is just our, our quick overview, um, you can see the, the ratings here and you can get more details. What does a number five, the top rating for treating cancer, what does that mean? It means we have strong evidence of this, we have preliminary evidence of that and so on. So, so we explain what those numerical rating numbers mean so that you can see. Um, and you can see, does this perhaps apply to me? The strong evidence is among people with solid tumors. So it may not apply to people with uh, blood cancers. Um, if you are not satisfied with this, you can go a whole layer deeper and uh, I, will, I will hop there briefly. And the strong evidence that we talked about is now broken down and you can see um, exactly what does this mean? We summarize the individual studies and give you the link to the footnotes. So you can see what, what is the rating based on? What is our assessment based on? As I mentioned, we talked about how experts use melatonin and this is both individual uh, clinical oncologists who have published programs and protocols, but also uh, clinical practice guidelines from medical groups um, that make recommendations regarding uh, use of complementary therapies. As I mentioned, we, we rate the affordability and the access. So you can see is prescription required? What, what brand names might it be under? Where can you buy it? And we give a, an affordability rating for things. Those are the therapy handbooks or the therapy reviews. Those are the foundation of all of the handbooks that we provide. The self-care handbooks are, uh, Mickey mentioned the seven healing practices and the healthy habits. 
We also have a collection of handbooks on integrative cancer care topics. We will be doing individual handbooks on different cancer types. For now, we share the handbooks that are our legacy from the Beyond Conventional Cancer Therapies site, which was our predecessor site. And these um, are PDF documents. They are extensive. There's a great deal of good information in them, but we will be updating them to make them both more current and more user-friendly. In the meantime, if you're looking for what therapies might be helpful for my individual cancer type, I'm going to take you back to the reviews of complementary therapies and just point out again that you can select, tell me the therapies that are uh, known to be effective or uh, have, have evidence for my particular kind of cancer. Unfortunately for liver cancer, nothing has shown up yet. Uh, for other ones, there might be a few. So in, in the absence of our handbooks, uh, you can find what therapies have evidence for effectiveness with different cancer types here. As I go back to the integrative cancer care handbooks, you can go past the cancer types. We again have the um, options for different topics within integrative cancer care so that you can find the guidance of uh, what are the top therapies, what are um, best approaches. This one we've broken down by preparing for surgery on your surgery day and recovering for surgery. So we, um, uh, on this page, you can, uh, how can preparing for surgery help me? And mostly, what about self-care? What about natural products and medications and surgery? We, we tell you these are things that might help you, but there are also some things to avoid before surgery. They might contribute to excess bleeding. They might interfere with your anesthesia and such. So uh, we, we want you to be as well prepared as possible for your surgery. We offer handbooks on side effects and other topics. So a big issue among people uh, going through conventional treatment is uh, side effects from the treatment and then also symptoms just in general. And we have so far seven side effect handbooks that take you in depth, um, help you understand what is this, what might be causing it, and what are the top therapies that I might use to find some relief from this? And these are based, again, on, on our reviews of therapies. So these are all based on solid evidence and also on recommendations from medical experts. We have a series of handbooks on body terrain effects, and these are um, upcoming, but they, the, the body terrain is the, the concept of your internal body environment, some, somewhat like the soil in a garden. How does that support or inhibit the growth of what we want to grow and not support the growth of what we don't want to grow, the cancer? And so we will be creating these 
handbooks uh, and publishing them. Um, hopefully within a couple of months, we'll start publishing these on these factors that are known to be related to cancer growth development or spread. We have a handbook specifically for people who are caregivers with the guidance for them. And there's another one on COVID and cancer. So as I mentioned, um, this is a great deal of information. We will be leading a series of learning circles going more in depth on each of these topics in a conversational approach in small groups so that you can explore how might I use this section, how might I use this information and apply it to where I am in my life now. Nancy, before you stop sharing your screen, would you uh, show the view people might be getting on their cell phone and give them a few tips of navigating because uh, it looks different? Certainly. So this is a cell phone view, and uh, there's uh, quite a bit more scrolling involved here. But if you were to go to a uh, terrain or a handbook or something, if this is a page that would have that left-hand navigation, that shows up here. So you can jump to the section or the page within this section that is specific to you. I also neglected to mention that most of our pages have a special section for health professionals, which includes um, more information on the modes of action. How is this working? What does it, it do? How is it? What information do you need from the perspectives of someone who is treating people with cancer rather than experiencing cancer themselves? And um, then I will hand it back to Laura and she will take you through the section on providing support to people. Thank you, Nancy. All right, I'm gonna come back to the homepage just so you can see how to get to where I'm talking about now. And in this section called finding support, you see the, the uh, this on the navigation bar. In this section, our goal is to ensure you, assure you, you're not alone. And we do this by linking you to real stories, real people, and other resources to help you connect with us and with others who are living with cancer. So let's take a look at what you'll find here. And actually, almost every page that we've looked at, um, uh, we've shown you some of this before, but let me show you how to get the, directly there. And I, I want to mention a little story. Um, one of our guides, our site guides, um, received a request uh, to help have help navigating the site. And um, the first, and this was a young person with newly diagnosed with breast cancer. And she has been bombarded with information, not only from her healthcare team, but her family and her friends. And so when she and the guide came to the site and the guide was getting a sense of where she would like to explore first, this section, finding support, actually the stories is where she wanted to go. So you never know what 
uh, people are going to find most useful. Uh, and this section turned out for this person to be where she wanted to spend actually just about a whole hour navigating. So let me take you here. Um, so the ways you can find support, and we have mentioned this in other sections, but I'll uh, just briefly review here. We have stories from our com community. Um, and this person who I just mentioned, though, that's what she wanted to see. She wanted encouragement. She wanted hope. She wanted a, a space to breathe for a moment and see what other people like her were um, going through and what they would advise. We also have blog posts, uh, often from the B uh, Cancer Choices staff or our advisors to help you understand particular topics about integrative cancer care. Um, there's a way for you to sign up to stay up to date. And let me just show you what those options are. So we send out um, an email update once a month, I just received mine for this month, and I can't tell you how thrilled I was. It's beautiful and helpful and salient. And so we'll send you, if you sign up, monthly email notifications of webinars and Cancer Choices news. And we'll usually take a topic, uh, maybe from a recent study, and uh, break it down for you and uh, show you where you can find out more information on Cancer Choices. If you sign up for these updates, you also will get a code to gain free access to Rebecca Katz's Cancer Fighting course. There's usually a charge for that if you just go online and try to access it, but you can access it free and it's just a treasure trove of information. Uh, so you would just click here to sign up. We also have another service that we provide with our sister program, Smith Center for Healing and the Arts, called Media Watch. And this is cancer news that you can use. And so um, actually I scour the news uh, about cancer uh, every week and gather the stories, particularly those that talk about integrative cancer care or something really groundbreaking uh, related to conventional care. And uh, you can sign up to join this uh, listserv and you will begin receiving this, this news. Um, so let me take you back here to the main page on staying connected. On this page, uh, you can find out information about our webinars. So here's the one from today. Nancy mentioned the learning circles that we're going to start. And then the next interview that Michael will be doing uh, actually is a conversation with Janie Brown, who's founder of the Kalanish Society. She has also been working for many, many years and many uh, uh, cancer uh, retreats, and they are going to share uh, from the heart. And um, another way we assure you, you don't have to do this alone, is that we offer if you request uh, help with a guide, a site guide to help you navigate the resources on the Cancer Choices site. And I tell you, we have had a vigorous uh, number of requests since we went live in, um, in July. P um, people really excited to, um, to find out more about the site and let, let me have a real person take me through there. Also, you may find that you need 
uh, more help uh, with um, navigation or advocacy for your particular cancer. Cancer Choices doesn't provide those to you, but we tell you who those people are and how you can get in touch with them. You may want to join a healing circle. That's another one of our sister programs in Commonweal. Um, And so our partners there can offer support you need now um, through the healing circles. We, you can access videos from the new school at Commonweal. The new school is, uh, is helping us through this uh, uh, webinar today. And, um, Again, here's another, if you want to help us and you want to volunteer to be a site guide or help in some way, we would welcome your input. And let me just say at the bottom of every page of Cancer Choices, if you can't remember where to find out how to um, access a volunteer or to receive updates, you can go to the bottom of every page and also find it that way. Wonderful. Thank you each, Mickey, Nancy, and Laura. Um, It's a wonderful um, overview that we haven't actually done before together. So it's fun to do this for the first time. So again, we welcome questions. um, And uh, so please put them in the chat if you'd like to have questions answered. Um, I'd I'd like to to just offer a couple of thoughts. one is simply um, you see the uh, you see the uh, four of us online here, but you don't hear the human stories uh, behind us. My human story is pretty simple. Uh, in 1982, my father developed uh, a cancer that. Uh, a non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and prostate metastatic to the lung. And the expectation was that he would maybe live for a couple of years. Uh, He lived for a very long time. And I undertook this whole journey uh, to help him. But the best part of the story is that he never used any of the therapies that I researched. He only used conventional therapy. And I love that story because it makes so clear how unique each uh, cancer journey, whatever we want to call it, is. Some people do incredibly well with conventional therapies alone, and they're not drawn to complementary therapies. In my family, I'm the only person drawn to complementary therapies, not my wife, not my brothers. One of my brothers is an oncologist, uh, senior oncologist. So it's so individual, and we're not pushing uh, self-care or complementary therapies, even though we deeply believe in them. Uh, Mickey, uh, would you say a word about what brought you to this and your father's experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have a a similar story story to yours. But um, yeah, so my father was diagnosed with uh, metastatic kidney cancer, and he had about a year to live, and, and he was able to live uh, nine years largely pain-free through an integrative approach, which we didn't call it that at the time. Um, But he, you know, I I feel like he was able to live a really good quality of life um, and extended his life and um, was able to 
I don't know, just tap into kind of his inner healing potential too, which, um, you know, I just so, which is why I just so resonate with um, Michael's, you know, approach to, uh, and cancer choices approach, um, which balances both the, the evidence and the therapies to the, the healing um, potential that's here as well. So it's very powerful. And I feel like it's, you know, I feel like when the healing potential is reached, it can be intergenerational too, because, you know, I, I feel it now too. So Absolutely. And Laura, what, what brought you to this work? I have a surprising answer to that. Uh, <laughs> I guess I learned about healing uh, when I was a little girl. Um, when I was very small, the first thing I wanted to do was sing, 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 sing. And I have been gifted with a beautiful voice. I'm not sure how it sounded when I was one year old, but um, and at the same time, I lived in a, a house where um, my mother um, was what we would call nervous. And uh, so my dad wanted us to be quiet because he thought that would help. Um, and so when he'd hear me singing and cavorting around the house, um, he asked my brother and sister to try to keep Laura quiet. Well, Laura also had um, asthma. And my grandmother noticed that the less I sang, the worse my asthma became uh, to the point where, you know, I, I nearly died from it. And about, and if I went over to her house at the beginning of an attack, I would play the piano with her and sing and the wheezing would stop. So in about third grade, um, I was enrolled in piano lessons. And the thing about that was I had to practice. So there was no, you know, keeping me quiet. I had to practice. And so I started singing again. And after that, I never had another serious asthma attack ever. And I have wonderful breath. <laughs> so um, I think that informed my interest um, as a nurse, a young nurse, in all things that would promote healing. And so I was, though I was very wedded to uh, helping people receive complement uh, conventional therapies and teaching nurses how to administer conventional therapies. I always kept in mind that there was more to it uh, to contribute to people's healing and recovery. And then um, I went to culinary school to answer the question of why it's important when people with cancer eat and became a health supportive chef and became the cook, the chef for the Smith Center Cancer Health Programs. And that is how I wound up being affiliated with this August group. So I've always known from personal experience that there's more to healing than meets the eye. And Laura and I have been working together for what, 20 years or more? I can't yeah, remember. 25, since 97. Wow. Yeah. And Nancy, what, what brought you to this work? Well, I feel like I'm a bit of an outlier because um, I don't have any experience in medicine or oncology. But I have a passion for research. And so um, I feel like, well, what brought me to this program was you. You uh, had worked with me on other uh, partner sister programs. 
and you felt like I would be able to contribute to this work, and I thank you for your vision in that. And um, I feel that I offer a nice counterbalance to those of you who are steeped in the integrative approaches and the clinical experience, um, which we need so, so very desperately to do this work, but also I can bring the outsider perspective of, I don't know what you're talking about here and what are these terms? And I feel like I help to back it up to someone who is newly diagnosed and doesn't know the vocabulary and doesn't know the treatments and doesn't know the side effects and can bring a little bit of an outsider's perspective and help translate so that we can present the information for those people because those are our audience. So I just wanted to begin to bring people's stories into this because, you know, stories really are the heart of this kind of work. And in the Commonweal Cancer Help Program, we've done 214 week-long cancer help programs over the last 36 years. And I ask each participant before they come to write me a letter telling me their life story. Where were you born? Where did you grow up? What were you like in first grade? What were you like in eighth grade? What were you like as a senior in high school? What were you like if you went to college as a, a senior in college? What happened to you after that? What were the major turning points in your life? You know, so these aren't questions about cancer per se. They are about who this human being is. Because at the end of the day, you know, whatever we face, I've had an abdominal aortic aneurysm uh, two years ago this month. Um, that if we hadn't caught it, would have I would have bled out in three minutes. Um, how did we find it? It was because a uh, a physical therapist who I went to, who was also a, a cranial osteopath, put her hand on top of my head, felt energy in the abdomen, placed her hand on the abdomen, found the uh, aortic aneurysm referred me to uh, a doctor right down the street in Point Reyes, and he said, yes, looks like you've got an aneurysm, and that's what saved my life. Now, it was the incredible medical treatment at UCSF that did the surgery that saved my life, but it was a uh, physical therapist who happened to be an, uh, 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 you know, a cranial osteopath who felt the energy that led her to the abdomen, which without that, it wouldn't have happened. So these stories, our stories, and coming at our cancer experience, or in fact, any serious condition, any life-threatening condition, or simply any serious condition that we're living with, our stories are such a powerful guide to it. You're listening to a TNS conversation with Michael Lerner, Mickey Scheidel, Laura Pohl, and Nancy Hepp. And that's why on the Cancer Choices website, we have a whole segment on story. And it's why when we talk about starting with what matters now to you, that's really a question about, are you connected with your life history? Are you connected with any sense of 
why you're here. You know, those wonderful questions, uh, you know, who are you? Where do you come from? Where are you going? To whom, if anyone, do you feel accountable? These wonderful questions of when we break through the surfaces of our professions and our, you know, sort of public stories about ourselves to the inner stories of our lives. And when we do that, we can find the guidance, often find the guidance that really, really leads us into the medical choices, into the conventional choices, the self-care choices, the complementary choices. And that's why they're so unique. And that's why no one-size-fits-all approach even begins to work. So, um, yeah, Gary, thank you for uh, staying online with us here. And, and we're really grateful uh, to you for engaging with us. So I just want to thank you for that. So a couple of other things I'd like to uh, mention. Um, one is, uh, we just did our, our first webinar with Donald Abrams, MD, who's one of the leading integrative oncologists in the U.S. And he uh, uh, wrote uh, an incredible textbook on integrative oncology with Dr. Andrew Weil. He was the uh, lead integrative oncologist at the Osher Center at University of California, San Francisco. And that, uh, that webinar is online and available. Uh, and uh, one of the key things that he says, which I think is so critical to remember, is the lower the evidence of harm, the lower the burden of proof about a complementary therapy. So now all our therapies are as researched as they can be. But this point that if something is unlikely to hurt you, and uh, and there may be little evidence in support of it, but there's no evidence of harm, then should you consider trying it? So Mark Renneker, again, if you go to the new school, we've done a whole series of conversations with him. He's the founder of the whole field of clinical advocacy or medical advocacy, and he's trained many of our colleagues in it. And uh, I asked him in one of our new school conversations with him, uh, Mark, what do you think is the most important thing for a person with cancer uh, to to focus on beyond conventional therapies. He kind of smiled and he said, you know, it's a really funny thing. I had a woman who um, uh, consulted me and she had gone online and she'd found this rancher in Colorado who had some kind of salve and um, she uh, uh, wanted to know if she should try it. So Mark, being the researcher he did, called the rancher up and the rancher described what was in the cell and it didn't sound harmful to Mark. So Mark said to her, yeah, why don't you go and try it? So she tried it and she had an incredible remission from a very life-threatening cancer that lasted for a considerable, considerable period of time. Now, how can that be, right? Well, there are so many reasons for that. One is the power of placebo. Now, we look down on placebo, and we have a phrase for it, placebo, that denigrates it. 
But what is placebo? Placebo is actually accessing our incredible, authentic sources of self-healing. And these sources of self-healing may relate to how the cancer developed in the first place in terms of how we were carrying key stresses in our lives, how, uh, you know, how, what happened to us in childhood. So many of the women who come on the Cancer Help Program have gone through uh, physical and sexual abuse in childhood and have often carried these incredible inner scars from that abuse throughout their lives. So another point about this healing work, it may not be specifically about focusing on the cancer. It may be about focusing on what needs healing in the life. Now, if you're looking for that, you're not going to find it among our peer-reviewed cancer therapy. But if you understand this whole person approach to integrative care, then you know that however you do that, it matters what your life journey has been. It matters what unhealed stresses are, are in your life. You know, when I was a little boy, a sadistic nurse who was taking care of me tickled me in the navel until I thought I would die. I really thought I would die. I have carried that naval trauma ever since. You know, I've done a dozen things to try to work on it, but it's still with me at age uh, 79, you know. So how many uh, people, and because so many women come in our cancer programs, how many women are carrying these unhealed traumas? And very often, it seems, that the cancers seem to frequently show up in organs or places that are related to where the traumas were. Now, that's a clinical experience. I'm not saying I can demonstrate that, but that is so often the case. So I just wanted to kind of open up, since we have the space to do that, and, and offer those thoughts. Um, I'd also like, um, I'd like uh, Nancy to come back to you and uh, just let's pick in a somewhat more leisurely way, uh, two or three, let's start with one. Uh, my brother, Adam Lerner, talks about, and Laura can help us with this, talks about aspirin as a key therapy that frequently doesn't get mentioned by oncologists, but I believe we have uh, an entry on aspirin and other uh, NSAIDs in our database. Tell us what we know, and Laura can add to this, about aspirin, just as a simple starting place. I will share my screen again. Thank you for this opportunity, because I neglected to mention the the off-label drugs, which we highlight, which are not found on many other complementary therapy sites. And we have a whole section on those. I didn't scroll down low enough to get to these. Um, we, we review these and we're reviewing others um, upcoming. And so aspirin, I will point to this. Let me get it so that, so that you can see uh, five is the highest rating. Aspirin rates very highly for its effects on treating cancer and on optimizing your body terrain, mostly in reducing inflammation. 
and managing side effects and reducing cancer risk. So, so this is a highly rated alternative or complementary therapy for people to use. Um, and I will um, ex open this in, in just a minute if you want, but first I wanted to point, we separated out our reviews of aspirin and the non-aspirin non-steroidals because the safety profiles are very different. Aspirin certainly has some safety risks and needs to be used with caution, but the other non-steroidals, uh, you can see here the rating toward the bottom of the screen is, is one. It's very low rated um, in terms of being safe. And so that's why we, we break that out. But there's a fair amount of aspirin research and we, we give, again, our overview just at a glance for, for people who don't want to dig any deeper. But then we have our ratings. Um, was there anything in particular here you wanted to, to look deeper at, Michael? Well, yes. Now, China Cat has done us a great uh, service. She says, this has been wonderful. I'm currently being treated at UCSF one week post-op mastectomy, interested in integrative oncologists, have seen many OSHA docs in the past. So let's let's jump in with China Cat here. Uh, Laura, she's one week post-op mastectomy. Uh, what are the questions or thoughts that you would have for uh, China Cat at this moment in her uh, uh, journey? So, um... I guess where you are now is recovering from your surgery. Um, and so you might um, want to consider uh, what we have offered in the um, um, handbook on surgery, integrative and uh, care options and surgery. And uh, one of the things we talk about um, in cancer choices or a couple of related things, and one is prehab and the other is rehab. And most people have heard of rehab and you're after surgery. So obviously um, prehab is uh, past, but rehab. So um, there may be, um, you may want to speak with your doctor about um, things you want to do to uh, recover mobility. I don't know the extent of your surgery and that can sometimes make a difference. Uh, so recovering the mobility, reducing the risk of uh, lymphedema, especially if they remove lymph nodes. Um, you also, um, if you're going to get chemotherapy or radiation, you might want to think about now they're going to let you heal from surgery for a period of time. And can you use that time in between now and when your next treatment starts, assuming that you're going to be on other treatments and uh, to prepare for that. And so I would also suggest you take a look at our handbook under um, wh where you are now um, with the, your phase of cancer and look at preparing for treatment um, and see if there are some ideas there that would help you to recover from surgery and become more resilient before your next um, line of treatment, your whatever treatment is, is awaiting you. 
Uh, let me uh, jump in here. First of all, I want to encourage people. You know, people are sending things to host and panelists, and it really helps if you send them to everyone. So um, uh, 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 China Cat went on. She had a bilateral mastectomy uh, and lymph on uh, um, lymph on uh, involvement in one side. Most likely, anti-estrogen therapy coming up. Um, now, so any any further orientation from that? And by the way, we also have Kara saying uh, uh, she has a blood cancer. How does that relate to childhood trauma? That's going to be a tough one. But yes. let's, let's go ahead. Do you get any more from the bilateral uh, mastectomy uh, plus uh, lymph on one side, most likely anti-estrogen therapy? Right. So again. Um Knowing that you had some lymph nodes removed, I think uh, looking into some rehab possibilities to um, reduce the risk of getting lymphedema and what you can learn about that. So lymphedema is when if um, the lymph nodes are no longer there or um, they're somehow damaged, then you can get swelling. You have lymph circulation, not only blood circulation, all over your body. And so the arm that's closest to the lymph nodes that were removed um, may um, there could be some things that you could do to keep that arm from swelling from the lymph. Uh, the type of anti-estrogen therapy you are considering um, would be um, you would I would suggest you uh, explore uh, if you know the name of it, what uh, the possible side effects of that might be. And you, um, we do have, um, I would suggest you look at our breast cancer handbook that is actually comes from beyond conventional cancer therapies and see um, what we have in there about um, uh, things that would help manage side effects. For instance, some of the anti-estrogen therapies can um, cause joint uh, discomfort. And there might be some things you can do from a complementary standpoint or self-care practice that would reduce um, the risk of that or um, help manage the, those joint pains. Um, so, uh, and yes, Nancy reminds us that, you know, we don't uh, provide medical advice, but what we do do, as Laura is most skillfully, skillfully doing, is saying you might want to consider this, you might want to consider that. So we're not in the business of recommending treatments, but we can talk about options and things you might want to consider. Going back to Kara's uh, uh, question about blood cancer, how does that relate to childhood uh, trauma? Now, that's a great question, Kara. And the answer is almost certainly we don't know. But the very fact that you asked it suggests that there was a childhood trauma. And so then the question becomes, because um, we focus a lot on, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the body terrain, but we really should say the body, mind, spirit terrain, the whole being, you know, what can you do uh, that, that enables you to uh, heal more deeply with whatever trauma you've been through. Just as I have worked for 
you know, 70 years on uh, healing with the trauma that I went through. And uh, what I can say is that there are many approaches to this. And I'm actually going to jump into one of the more controversial approaches because it really is coming up in the in the medical literature now all over. And that is the role of psychedelic therapies in helping people deal with trauma. And, you know, psychedelic therapies for a long time were, you know, verboten, forbidden, not discussed, and so on and so forth. But there is an immense movement uh, to look carefully at psychedelic therapies. Uh, you know, Michael Pollan's book uh, on, uh, on psychedelic therapies kind of broke through. There's a lot of research being done at Johns Hopkins. There's research being done at the University of California, San Francisco. There are just all these, uh, somebody told me actually literally yesterday about uh, a uh, study comparing uh, ketamine and I think MDMA uh, uh, to uh, psychedelic therapies. So if you had a deep childhood trauma that remains unhealed, and if you are the kind of person who is interested, and by no means everyone is, but some people are open to this. Uh, you know, ketamine is um, legal, uh, prescribed, and a very short-acting, uh, easy one. Uh, MDMA uh, is being tried in clinical trials, but also, let's face it, there are people doing uh, all kinds of uh, psychedelic therapies all over the country. And there are many experienced guides who do this with immense safety. And the legalization process is just taking place all over. So we are willing to talk about the things that other people are not willing to talk about. In integrative therapies, there's virtually no other thought uh, site that deals, as Nancy said, with what we call the ANCAs, the overlooked, neglected therapies, like aspirin, you know. Uh, and uh, so we, whatever helps the patient, we try to approach objectively. Nobody can buy us, nobody can, you know, we, we don't accept money from uh, industry of any kind. So we really try to be on your side. Now, Alexis Braun just said, my mom is starting chemo tomorrow for metastatic lung cancer, Taxol and carboplatin. Is there anything we can do today to support her for tomorrow and moving forward? Uh, thank you for all your good work. Now, that's a critical uh, point. Also, Kit Evans says, is there anything on the website about energy work? Especially now, thinking now, since you talk about trauma relief, and specifically uh, the success of uh, TFT. I know what TFT is. It's a therapeutic touch. Uh, uh, okay, maybe uh, Kid will uh, uh, ex explain that. But let's... Uh, thought field therapy. Thought field therapy, thank you. Okay, these are great questions, and we now have seven minutes left to answer them. So uh, let's start with... Uh, well, actually, uh, Kit's point... Um, Nancy, do we have uh, energy therapies on the site? We have yes. four therapies. Great. Okay. Uh, 
Uh, so, but let's go to Alexa's question because that's really critical. So, if it were me, I would be wanting to be sure that your mom was clearly briefed on what the side effects of uh, the uh, taxol and carboplatin are. Uh, maybe Laura knows the state of the evidence on whether this uh, uh, has a high probability of extending life. I don't know in what kind of shape your mother is in terms of how strong she is. Uh, I, I do know that one of the things, that one of the greatest pieces of wisdom uh, that came to me from Susan Braun, who you know, headed the American Society of Clinical Oncology uh, 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 philanthropy program uh, uh, and uh, directed Commonweal for four years and headed the Common uh, uh, for the Cure during its high point. And what Susan would always say, and it's a mantra for us, is don't rush into therapy. Do not rush into therapy. If your mom uh, is there a overwhelming reason why your mom should start tomorrow if she wants more time to really understand what this is about? What matters to her now? Is quality of life what matters or life extension? How old is she? How uh, fragile is she? How likely is she to do well with this? What is the research on how much taxol and carboplatin Ends life for her particular cancer. If it is not strong, and if the uh, medicine is going to have a big impact on quality of life, have you and me really thought this through? So these are the, and Laura, just let me uh, ask that question to you. Uh, do you, are you aware of the current state of the research? Because I know it keeps shifting on uh, how likely that is to extend life with metastatic lung cancer. Yeah, and, and I would have to say it depends, and all the questions you asked, Michael, oh. uh, would feed into that. Um, one thing I would ask uh, for sure is, is your mother experiencing any symptoms right now? And have they, um, are they being managed as well? Um, so managing uncomfortable symptoms and having her be uh, more comfortable, um, you know, during her treatment and in between would be really important. So it may be helpful to uh, have a palliative care consult if she's having any, any kind of symptom like shortness of breath or pain, uh, what have you. Um, palliative care consults are not only for people who are um, near the end of life. They are for managing symptoms no matter where the person is with their cancer experience. I would also want to know what the team is planning to do to um, prevent uh, or manage or lessen the side effects. Uh, yes, Laura, she says she is asymptomatic and in good health. Okay, great. We only have two minutes left, so we need to wrap up. But um, I think what you're getting from us, Alexis, is 
how important it is from Susan Braun, from all of us, from everything we've ever heard, to not rush into therapy, to take the time you need to review the evidence, to have the palliative care consult that Laura is discussing. We cannot give medical advice. Let me make be sure about that. But we do profoundly believe that the way the system often works is you have metastatic lung cancer, we're scheduling you for chemotherapy next week or whatever. And we just think we're missing a big piece there, you know? So Jane Smith just wrote us a note, uh, which we're going to close on. Um, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, please check out that. Thank you for that. Uh, wonderful. And Alexis, thank you. We will capture the chat, I hope. And if we can, we will send the chat back out to you all. If we're able to do that, we've done it before. I know uh, we're often able to do that. But I want to encourage each of you uh, to come back for the next conversation with Janie Brown and to know that we're going to be doing these every month. And uh, we really, um, and uh, Mickey just uh, put a great uh, resource up for China Cat. So, you know, we're honored that you're here today. This is a long journey for us. Uh, it's really only the beginning, you know. It's been 40 years, but now that uh, with the incredible guidance that Mickey Scheidel has provided for uh, turning our Beyond Conventional Cancer Therapy site into this extraordinary resource, Cancer Choices, and the unbelievably heroic effort that Nancy Hepp has made in getting the site up and our whole team which I haven't been able to talk about. And of course, my 25-year partnership with Laura Pohl. So uh, we're here for you. Uh, we want to create a community around Cancer Choices where we can interact with each other. And if you let us know that, um, you know, that you'd like to stay in touch with us, we can capture your email. How, by the way, which is the way to capture the email, Nancy? Is that through... Uh, the stay in touch thing or signing up for the newsletter, right? If they sign up for the newsletter, we've got the email. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. We will be building a, a community around Cancer Choices. We needed to get the website up first. The community is the next step. We will be doing that with uh, uh, with uh, healingcirclesglobal.org which is now moving around the world with healing circles for people with cancer and many other conditions. Uh, you can find us uh, in terms of the Cancer Help Program on our online program Sanctuary as well on the Commonweal website. So blessing, gratitude, thanks to Mickey, to Nancy, and to Laura, and we will see you next time. You've been listening to a TNS conversation with Michael Lerner, Mickey Scheidel, Laura Pohl, and Nancy Hepp. Thank you for listening to TNS, The New School at Commonweal. The New School at Commonweal is directed by Michael Lerner. Our program coordinator is Kara Epstein. Our audio producer is Ken Adams. Our theme music was performed by Debbie Daly. Visit us online at tns.commonweal.org. That's tns.commonweal.org. 
Commonweal is spelled C-O-M-M-O-N-W-E-A-L. You can also find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook, YouTube, Vimeo, and Amazon Music. Thanks for listening. Water could kill my body, water kill my soul.